The following is a replay of a live show that aired Tuesday, December 5th at 5 o'clock p.m. The opinions expressed do not reflect the opinions of the University of Wisconsin-Madison or its Board of Regents. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Hello all and welcome back to another edition of After Further Review on WSUM 91.7 FM Madison Student Radio. My name is Alex Schuster and joining me today as always is the man, the myth, the legend, Vincent Hesbrick. How are you doing today, Vince? Thank you so much. Awesome week of sports uh, outside of something I'll be leading off the show with, but just overall an incredible week. Can't wait to jump in today's show. Yeah, another very exciting show uh, planned again today, so just jump right into the action with our... We've got to address one thing first here. I mean, we have someone else with oh, us. Oh, my goodness, yes. A, a very, gosh, very special really guest. That? Yes, I'm, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry about that. We, we have a lot of people come into the somewhere. show. Yeah, nope. um, yeah I, I, I think at this point it's expected that I'm just going to botch the guest introduction, maybe call him the wrong name. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nope. Nick Bumdegardner, it is great to have you here. Yeah, how are we doing, guys? Oh, man. All right, we're, we're just going to jump right yep. in. Get back on track. Rate my take. Uh, each of us gives a take. The other ones will rate it. Uh, Vince? You want to start off with our ceremonial coin toss here? Sure. Yeah, I have this giant book. This will be a thud, but you want to call it in the air? Yep. Right? Okay. Heads? Didn't determine which side head is. I think Oh, yeah, it covers heads. Be, yeah. You got it. Uh, so I'm going to elect uh, to defer to you here, Vince. I'll let you go first uh, to start the show off. All right. That's, I'm okay with that because I got a bit of an adrenaline rush. Uh, it was an incredible weekend of college football. A ton of exciting games, especially Georgia and Alabama. That was a fun one to watch. Although Georgia kind of shot themselves in the foot at certain points. But... The college football committee should be embarrassed by their college football playoff rankings. They botched this one so bad by not including FSU, and their reasoning is incredibly hypocritical. So the argument behind leaving out FSU, who's an undefeated Power 5 team, boils down to this. They're not a talented team without quarterback Jordan Travis. Having them play Michigan is not nearly as intriguing, and we don't want to have another TCU situation where a fraudulent team gets in, then they get blown to bits in what should be a really compelling matchup. So I want to address these one by one because – you talk about them not having talent. Yes, that Louisville game was a mess. I talk about being a fun weekend of sports. That one was bad. Did you guys catch that one by chance? Uh, I did not. Tough I was watched. Tough yeah, watch. <laughs> yeah. They scored. It was like three nothing at halftime. Yeah. But yeah. still, this is a team that was ambushed by a quarterback injury, and they held a Louisville offense that scored more than thirty points per game to just six. They also, despite how ugly their offense was, managed thirteen second half points against a defense that averaged less than twenty a game. But the committee doesn't care, and to an extent, I kind of get it. I mean, Bama would probably be favored by double digits against FSU, but making the playoffs based fully on talent and that record sets a dangerous precedent. Clearly, the committee doesn't believe in that president, and that shows through the rest of their rankings. Now, FSU is ranked number five, right? And they're saying that, well, they're just not talented enough despite their record. Okay. Do you guys think that Georgia would be, will be favored against FSU in their upcoming bowl game? Uh, yes, I think so. Yes. yes. Yeah. What about Ohio State? Would Ohio State be favored against FSU? Uh, I don't, that's a little bit tougher. I think Yes. Okay, well, I can tell you right now, Georgia's favored by two touchdowns against Florida State in our upcoming bowl game. I asked you think Oregon would also be favored over Florida State. You can even make a case for Missouri and Penn State. But they're, say, they're trying to balance this idea of talent by ranking them at number five while also putting them above Georgia is way more talent. So if they really had the guts to say that this team isn't good because of its minimal talent, then have the guts to put an, an undefeated Power 5 team at not just five, but like nine or ten. 
You get if you, this is your argument, you got to keep it that way. But they didn't because they know that it's really bad. So I want to dive deeper into this idea of talent matters over wins. Because let's go back to the Ohio State Michigan game, right? Because we know that the winner of that game was going to get in the playoffs. Let's just say it comes down to. I don't know. Of Hail Mary right at the end, Ohio State throws it up and is batted around like six times off a of Michigan guy's helmet, then Ohio State catches it. They win the game. But does that win really solidify which team is more talented than the other because it comes some down to some fluky play? Or imagine a terrible call at the end of the game that awards one team and gets them to field goal range or terrible pass interference. Suddenly, the wins don't matter with this logic because you can just say, well, yeah, they won this game, but they're not as talented. Even though Ohio State got incredibly lucky in this hypothetical win because of a bunch of bogus penalties, Michigan's better than they are, so that game just doesn't count from a scoreboard standpoint. I think that's completely ridiculous. Yes, FSU is a team that I'm not expecting them to win uh, their bowl game against Georgia, but you got to give them a chance to compete. We'll go to the other argument. I mean, Bama is a much more intriguing matchup over FSU, but do you remember when the Bengals got a free play against the Chiefs in the playoffs? Yeah. Yeah, you remember that? You remember mm-hmm. the internet outrage that was going on, Nick? It's insane. People yes. were just going nuts, saying that the NFL's rigging the games, or golden boy Patrick Mahomes, they want this dynasty on display. And it kind of broke into three groups of people who said that stupid the NFL wouldn't rig the games, and yes, they are rigging the games. And then there's Alex in the middle who can't make up his mind and hints things both ways. But the thing that all three camps agreed on is that rigging games is bad, right? It ruins the integrity of the sport. It makes it so the games are less fun. It puts fraudulence in something what's supposed to be a natural fun thing. This, what? Yes, exactly. This is exactly what the committee is doing right now by saying, well, we're here to give you a better matchup by putting Bama in. Let's just say the NFL was rigging games. They're trying to create a better Super Bowl matchup by getting Patrick Mahomes in there. It's the exact same principle, but this time it's totally cool, and their guys are going to get away with it with no consequences whatsoever. As outrageous as this is, I still don't think people are nearly as mad as they should be. And then we'll go to the final point. We're doing you a favor. Yes, maybe it's rigged, but you're still going to want to watch Bama play Michigan. And that's also fair because you talk about the TCU match. But I think what people keep forgetting about TCU is, yes, they were big underdogs in that game, but they won a college football playoff game. Them getting blown out by Georgia is not an indictment on TCU or the committee. It's an indictment on Jim Harbaugh for losing to them the prior week. So now it comes down to what should they do. FSU's furious. They're asking a ton of questions. Mike Norvell's saying, what is the point of playing games? We just tell your players it's okay to quit when someone goes down. The athletic director, Michael Alford, is saying he called an unwarranted justice that shows a complete disregard and disrespect for FSU's performance and accomplishments. Even Senator Rick Scott uh, from Florida is said, quote, demanding answers. Honestly, if you're the senator of Florida, you have bigger fish to fry. FSU, the least of your problems. <laughs> but it's clear that they're pretty mad. And here's what's been floated around. Go to Orlando, show up for the Cotton Bowl, and refuse to play. That way the committee would be embarrassed because the little non-existent football game, ESPN would be in shambles. But I think that you can't do that because although it would be embarrassing for them, it would also be embarrassing for yourselves because there's fans who are older than any, all the players and coaching staff who go to these games, pay good money probably, who aren't going to be able to watch your team. So here's what you do. As embarrassing as it would be to not show up, would make it even more embarrassing is if you show up and beat Georgia. <laughs> Georgia is the epitome of of what's wrong with the college football playoffs. They're a super talented team that didn't get in, and even though that they're not in, we know that they're incredibly talented. We know they're supposed to beat FSU. So if FSU wins, then suddenly the, the committee is left with an undefeated Power 5 team that finished the season undefeated 
but wasn't the national championship. People, there's only going to be one undefeated team, maybe none, con- uh, if Alabama wins a championship. Mm-hmm. There would be nothing more humiliating for the committee that the lone undefeated team is a Power 5 team and yet is not the national champion. Yeah, I mean, if... If Florida State beats Georgia, I think they go all in on we are the national champion. They do the whole FSU or uh, UCF. UCF, right? yep. yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, they they do their whole stick of making like the shirts national champion, uh, the whole nine yards, everything. You go out and and say like we were robbed, um, but they have to win that game first. If they lose, I think it it kind of proves the committee right here. Yes. So it's a, it's a dangerous uh, game there. I think you're right that if you don't show up, that would be the a, a pretty embarrassing outcome as well or, or just uh, disrespectful, at least to the fans. Um, so I I don't know how to grade this. I, I agree with you that I they were robbed. I can see the point where you agreed with me, but you don't want to give me a super high rating. Yes, because at the end of the day, I'm kind of fine with it. You know what? Like It's still going to be a good football game. We're going to get good playoffs, and all this does is make me more excited for playoff expansion next year. Yes. So... I, I want to give you a solid seven. I love the passion. I, I think you're right. Um, I, I like you standing up for the little guy. I mean, year one, they got probably could have been in the mix there. And then happens again on the final year of the, the four-year uh, college football playoff. So I, I'm going a solid seven. I, I think you're right. But at the end of the day, it's still going to be good football. So. Fair enough. Nick? Well, I got to go sort of at the top of the bat here. I got to go with a 10 uh, for your oh, team. Oh, wow. Minutes. Well, you're not allowed to give me a 10. Uh, because okay. that would mean every word I said was perfect. I did you, stutter multiple we'll times. A nine and a half. All nine. Right. We'll, we'll take it. We'll, we'll save the grammar errors and uh, <laughs> stammering, but no, we're good. Um, no, yeah, I would give you nine and a half. Um, honestly, I would double down on the on the committee take. I think if you're the committee and you think that Florida State is so inferior to the other teams in the field because of their quarterback situation, then why are they five? Why are you yes. not 15? Why are you not 10? You know what I mean? Like, if, if you really don't think, I mean, if you thought rather that Jordan Travis was the, the whole guy keeping this team together and he's what separates you from the Georgias, the Alabamas, the Texas, I mean, why, why are they hanging around at five? You know, so I mean, I, I'm, I'm rooting for Florida State in this one. Got to send a message against Georgia. But um, I mean, honestly, on, on Georgia take too, I mean, if you're Georgia and you come the entire season, you've, you haven't lost an entire game, come into the last game of the year, lose a, a relatively tight one to Alabama. Yeah, they shot themselves in the foot multiple right, times. Right, right. You come in as the number one team in the country and you find yourselves out of the playoff, I mean, that's, that's pretty crazy too. Yeah. And Florida State losing and then somehow going backwards out of contention, I mean, that makes it look Or winning and going backwards. Yeah, winning yeah. and going backwards, thank you. Uh, the, I think the the quarterback part is the weirdest to me. Like we've seen, I mean, it, more so in the NFL than in college football, uh, backups step up and, and go on at least runs for the end of the season. I mean, you think about like Nick Foles or even Gardner Minshew, what he's doing this year. There's random guys can step up in the right situation at the right moment mm-hmm. and play well. It's not guaranteed to happen, but it's also not guaranteed to not happen. So just assuming that they can't step up. I know, I think it was Jordan Travis said he wished he got hurt earlier in the year so right, they could yeah. see, uh, like, see that. it's still a good team without him. But, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're still a solid team. You go undefeated, you win your conference. I, I feel like that should give you the rights to be in the college football playoffs. But, unfortunately, the, the people who actually decide it think otherwise so. I think it's a crazy precedent too because you're saying that an ACC champion or the, the football rather that's played in the ACC is that much worse than 
what the season Texas had and the SEC football, I mean, it's, it's pretty stunning. Yeah, and we literally saw this before with Ohio State. With when Cardale Jones came in, their third state quarterback, and they won the championship, despite a lot of people thinking that wouldn't be a possibility. So just imagine leaving out that Ohio State squad. You don't get the story of a third string quarterback. You're just saying, well, they're unlikely. Let's not make it a fun narrative. Let's just leave them out altogether. Right. All right. I'm sorry. I took a ton of time, Alex. Why don't you go ahead? Oh, that's all right. Uh, so I'll I'll make mine uh, pretty quick here. Uh, I think Brock Purdy's a better quarterback than Tua. I know we gave him the hate of saying that that Brock Purdy's uh, carried by his coaching staff and offensive line and the weapons around him, and I do think that's true to some extent. I think those elevate his numbers, uh, but at the same time, I still think he's a great player, and I, I think he is. Uh, if I was starting uh, an expansion team or whatever, redrafting the NFL, I think I would pick Brock Purdy ahead of Tua. I think they're both good quarterbacks. Uh, I mean surprisingly similar numbers uh Tua gets the nod and uh completions and attempts but a very very similar completion percentage um Tua slightly more yards Brock Purdy better average yards per attempt um tw- uh, 20 or so yards differentiating them per game uh one touchdown difference four interceptions uh giving the nod to Brock Purdy there rating uh very similar but the the difference for me is Brock Purdy's frame and his rushing ability and so I think that gives him the nod and uh the main reason I want to bring this up also is uh because these happen to be my two fantasy uh quarterbacks and I I never know who to start (laughs) between the two and I think I finally made my decision this week that I'm I'm ride or die with Brock Purdy wow Gosh, I guess I I don't know. It's it, I see what you're saying overall. Um, it, it's really it's becoming the point where it's becoming captivating because that you can keep trying to poke holes in Brock Purdy's game, but he has a 116 pass rating right now. That's I mean that's going to be like top ten all time I think if he maintains that pace throughout the season. So I think there's an argument to be had, especially when you look at the weapons Dolphins have. They have Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Trent Armstead in the offensive line, but. You just look at the number of wow plays made, and I know it's like the most cliche, punchable term of all time, but I just think purely in terms of what they can do, I got to give the nod to Tua. I think it's becoming a more uh, close debate, so I'll, I'll give you a six, but I'm still with Tua on this one. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd rock with like a, like a five there maybe. I think I've never been a huge Tua guy, but I mean, I, Purdy – there's only so he has such limitations, you know what I mean, when it comes to physical, you know, gifts. Um, he's not he doesn't have the greatest arm, not super fast, um, but he, he can, you know, get you enough wins. Obviously, we've seen it, you know, last two seasons now. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just to uh, every every week you watch the Dolphins, more often than not, they're lighting up your TV. I mean, they're just the, the Tyreek Hill the Tua combination is Nuts. is too good. I, I gotta gotta go with Tua on this one. Yeah, I I think the another big difference maker for me is like the Brock Purdy gets a lot of hate for his uh like the yards after the catch that his wide receivers get him and I think it accounts for like 48% of his uh total passing yards but two is is over 50% and the average quarterback is like 47%. So he's right about the same spot getting those yards after the catch. I still think he has like the big play uh, capabilities and everything. Even their their downfield numbers. Tua has more plays of like beyond fifty yards, but fifteen plus. They're they're still in uh, the same sort of conversation there. So I I do think he's still slightly over or underrated. Excuse me, uh, because of how good the offense is around him. But I'm officially a Brock Purdy guy. 
Okay. Well, it's almost like you have to officially announce. So you're, you're signing a letter of intent that you're a Brock Purdy guy. But one final thing, you talk about the rushing numbers. I mean, yeah, Tua has 40 rushing yards, but Brock Purdy's not Lamar Jackson. No, he just can move slightly better. He's more willing to take off. and like Tua's mobility is good for extending a play. Brock Purdy's is good for getting yards and, and progressing the ball downfield. Nick, how many rushing yards does Brock Purdy have? <laughs> Couldn't tell you, man. It's like 100. Do you want to guess? How many? 131. Yeah, we, I wasn't going to say the actual number, but <laughs> yeah. it's slightly better. It's right, slightly better. Right. Three times better, I guess. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And Nick, well, well you got a take for us here? I know I we kind of put, put you on the spot I know, here. right? I, I do have a take, and it's a take that really only came to me uh, last night, and it's uh, Jake Browning, playoff-level quarterback. He can take the Bengals to the AFC playoffs. The division in the AFC North, not necessarily winnable, with the uh, current situation with the Ravens, I think the Ravens are going to walk away in the end. Not a huge Steelers guy, not a huge Browns guy, especially with Joe Flacco and their mess of a quarterback situation right now. But um, Browning, I mean, the stats were insane last night. Uh, I was like 32 for 37, 350 yards passing. That touchdown to Jamar Chase just laid it in. Iron on the money. Anytime you got a quarterback, no matter who it is, you can put a, I mean, you can put a chair out there if you can get the ball to jamar chase and mixon that's that's all you got to do and he showed that enough last night i think to pick up a few more wins down the road here like i said browns not super convincing steelers offense is is horrible but um i mean the cardinals game really kind of knocked them down uh you know a, a peg in my book but yeah i think you know browning playoff caliber quarterback could get you there could maybe get you a win probably not but he can get you there it's all that matters see for me i don't know if it's browning or if it's the weapons around him as much i think he's a a serviceable quarterback Mm -hmm. i I think with you're throwing to jamar chase and you got mixing in the backfield who looked so much i think that was his best game of the season yeah uh, by far and if he's playing like that for the rest of the year they're definitely in that conversation the afc is just so tough right now i don't know that I like you, to do that week after week I, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to uh, rely on that as much I, I'll go a six because I can see it happening especially mm-hmm. with the Steelers losing uh, Kenny Pickett um, that definitely going to drop them out of the conversation but I mean, they, it's definitely an uphill battle for them so you're saying they will make it or is it I'm saying I'm saying they will I, not only because of Browning because the, the the path in front of them is just sort of collapsed in the last week or two yeah. with the Specifically with the Browns and Steelers. Well, I have uh, New York Times is now, New York Times isn't perfect with analytics uh-huh. or, or reporting for that matter, but they have right now give the Bengals a seven percent chance at playoffs. Really? So this is just the wild card teams right now. Yeah. With a better record than the Bengals, or or tied with the same record. Bills, Browns, Steelers, Texans, Colts, Broncos. I mean, they need to beat quite a couple of those teams. Uh, I, like I said, I'm riding with Browning, man. Yeah, it's a tough. <laughs> I mean, I respect the guts, though. Browning was nuts in that game. I, mean, I think the 150 pass ring doesn't do it justice because he also had a rushing touchdown as well. Mm-hmm. He was just on the money. So I still got to give you a three on that one. Yeah, fair enough. But, All right. Uh, moving on. To, glad to have you here, Nick. <laughs> uh, moving on over to Badger Sports Update. Is that what we're calling it? Uh, I think so. We'll come up with a better name next week. All right. Nick, you want to kick us off? Or, uh, 
Vince, I'm sorry. You want to kick us off? Not a problem. Well, Alex, we got to start with basketball, where the now-ranked men's basketball team took down the then-number-three-ranked little brother Marquette at the Cole Center last weekend. The win came compliments of mostly Max Klesmet, who made all five of the Badgers' three-pointers in route to a 21-point first-half effort. Despite the historic win, Wisconsin's schedule does not ease up as the Badgers play Michigan State at 6 o'clock tonight for taking on number-one-ranked Arizona. So here's what I want to ask you guys about. I had this conversation briefly with Nick. Alex, you know, we... We notoriously stormed the court afterwards. You a fan of that or not? Nah? See, I, I used this as one of my my takes earlier. I, I think it's fine. Let let the fans storm the court. It's fun. Um, I mean, it, after the fact, it's almost always like, oh, my gosh, look, who, who do these guys think they are, like, storming the court like that. But, I mean, it, it was a big win. It's an emotional moment. You want to live it out to the fullest. I, I think that it's a, a, a big opportunity uh, taking down a number three team at your own home gym, even though it is technically a little brother uh, program, it's still uh, a big win when they're when they're ranked uh, in the top three. Yeah, I asked because Nick, you were there at the mm-hmm. game. I'm so jealous of you right I now. Was. I'm sure it was nuts. It was on the hardwood. Man. But how was that the most fun part of the game? Storming it afterwards, the court. Oh yeah, by far. Okay. Yeah. Well, if it gives you that much fun, uh, it was it was good. Heck? Let the kids be kids. Right? Yeah. 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 Are you going to regret that at any point? You'd be like, "Oh man, that's so embarrassing! Look how much fun we were having." Yeah, absolutely not. No, I, I don't. I don't get the uh, the take. I mean, I understand right the lesser program thing, but number three team in the country. I mean, yeah. you got to take your wins when you get them, right? Yeah, I mean, because trash talk is not meant to be built off of logic. It's meant to be built off of emotion. This was a game that we could have logically lost, and yet we right. carried the W. In women's basketball, Badgers fell to 5-3 and three after losing a trap game to the Butler Bulldogs. Wisconsin's offense mustered just 51 points in the 8-point loss while shooting 7 of 25 from deep. The team will have no time to sulk as Caitlin Clark and the Hawkeyes come to town this Sunday to open Big Ten play. I guess that game's a sellout at the Kohl Center, and I've been to, I think, almost every single home game uh, for women's basketball. It's kind of disappointing to see the small number of fans that are there despite how great the team is. I mean, this seems like a pretty big opportunity for them. A lot of pressure, you have to say, because that place can be packed, and they're not there to see you, but they're also cheering you on. Yeah, I mean, that it's exciting. That is, where does she rank among like the the top like star athletes in college sports right now? Ooh, of like just big names. Hmm. I mean, you could even argue number one. Potentially. Because I, mean, I know that we had the Shadur Sanders phase, uh-huh. but I think just in terms of how good you are compared to your peers, you, you almost have to by default. Yeah, and especially in like the notoriety of like name recognition, like I think there's like almost every parent would recognize her name as well. <laughs> like kids, every, like it's a, it's a big game. It's a big deal uh, having her come into town. Yeah. You want to jump to hockey? Yeah, so uh, the men's hockey team swept Ohio State over the weekend uh, in, a, in a pair of dominant performances. The Badgers took took home a 3-0 shutout on Friday night with a 6-1 win on Saturday night. Uh, the Badgers are now 12-4 and and will face the 17th-ranked Nittany Lions at home. Uh, and the women's hockey team uh, split their series against Minnesota Duluth, winning 3-0 on Friday and then falling 2-3 on Saturday night, bringing their uh, record to 13-3. And then uh, looking at uh, next week, uh, they'll take on the 13-2 and Minnesota Golden Gophers on the road. Yeah, I was there for both Minnesota-Duluth games. It could be frustrating to lose that second one because we held them to no goals within the first two periods. And then all of a sudden we got exposed. 
But yeah, big opportunity for redemption. Now to football, where the Badgers will officially be taking on LSU for the Reliant Quest Bowl on New Year's Day. An already shorthanded Badgers receiving court will become increasingly empty with the expected transfer of receivers Chimere DK, Skyler Bell, and Keontae Lewis. Nick, how you feeling about this one, dude? It's time to say your prayers, man. I don't know. This is going to be a tough one. Jaden. Jane Daniels is playing. I believe. Correct. I think so. I think so. I haven't heard anything saying. Otherwise. I mean, if he if he's out there, yeah, it, it's going to be tough. I mean, this this team has had an average season, I guess we could say. Yeah. You know, the, the Badgers, but I just I I don't think we have the athletes at this point to compete in a full game with LSU. I'm I'm a little bit afraid, but we'll see what happens. Daniels has not officially made a decision, uh, says Brian Kelly. I, for what it's worth, the you know Vegas doesn't control everything. I, don't, I mean, they're, they're just an, est- an estimation. Right, but right. I think we're ten point underdogs right now, and the Georgia FSU game is fourteen points. Yeah, well, but I don't know. I, I said we have a chance, but stranger things have happened. There you go. Yes, but I think their defense is pretty weak, but their offense is just so strong that it's going to be hard for us to keep up with them in that one. But hopefully, I mean, yeah. get to go to Tampa, maybe. Uh, yeah, exciting chance for exciting weekend. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, we're kind of down right now because of how the season's gone. But that would just make it so much sweeter if we were to. He's already won, off. one and zero oh, uh, in bowl games. <laughs> He's Badger. undefeated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that seems like a, a good time to take us into a break for some very important messages. But uh, stick around for some Packers Palooza and uh, more college football conversations. Hey Jay, what are you doing? I'm gonna walk. But Jay, the light is red. What if there's a car? You know I don't believe in cars. I'm going to walk. Jay, please. I'm doing it. (gasps) He really put the L in walk. Let's not be like our ex-friend Jay. It's well known that Wisconsin ranks 46 in the country for jaywalking-related accidents. And with your participation... We could be 47th. Here are some tips to help you obey pedestrian traffic laws. Often find yourself restless at a red light? Carry around a fidget toy or a snack. Look left and right, then left again. Repeat as necessary. Hold hands while crossing the street. If still inclined to break the law, ask a friend to restrain you. Remember, you You can't can't walk if you're hit by a car. Welcome back. You're listening to WSUM 91.7 FM Madison Student Radio. Vince, you want to just uh, go right into? Are we doing laundry list today? Or? Oh shoot, I, I skipped that one. Yes, yeah, so let's go. Let's go through the laundry. Okay, list. I'll keep it quick. Or quick. Uh, I'll actually, go ahead first with this one. I know okay. I make you go first most of the time because, of course, I'm aiming a weapon at you whenever we do these shows. You are do whatever I tell you to do. But I want to talk a little bit about Jackson Churio. We we've talked extensively about him this summer saying he's going to be a really great player. And look, I mean, I'm not exactly a reliable source. I made a ton of terrible predictions, as we'll see. I mean, the, the, my Packers predictions have been <laughs> the definition of wrong this year. But I feel good that uh, I don't even want to say predict it, but just that the confidence that I've been displaying in this kid has been f- solidified by the Brewers, who gave him a record-setting extension. I believe the old record for money given to a player who has not yet played a major in a major league game was 50 million dollars this is a 10-year 82 million dollar deal with two options at the end of it that could pay the guy up to 140 million so i think this is an absolute win-win uh churio gets his money now he gets it long term guaranteed but the brewers get a what could be a serious bargain if churio is what we think he can be so 
I know 142 million is a lot, especially for a poverty franchise like the Brewers, but we want to give him every single cent of it. Yeah, I'm not the biggest baseball guy, as we discuss every time we talk about baseball. But if Vince is excited about this guy, uh, I'm going to be excited as well. I, I trust your baseball expertise. Don't. So. <laughs> Don't. Uh, Nick, are you, are you a big baseball fan? I am, yeah. Not a huge Brewers guy, though. But uh, I, I will say Vince is right. It's a bargain. When, when you're a team like the Brewers, you got to do stuff like this yeah. if you want to keep your guys long-term. We'll see what pays off. Yeah, of course, you don't have to worry about that as a Cubs fan. Of course. Yeah. Just I money. don't want to out myself yeah. on air. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. I guess you can actually go ahead here, Alex. Uh, yeah, I mean, just a, a quick one of in-season tournament atmosphere, the the Pacers against the Celtics. It was a, a phenomenal matchup coming down to a, a big play by uh, Tyrese Halliburton, four-point play to, to seal the game. And uh, just... The atmosphere, the way the bench was reacting was just yeah. electric. I mean, this felt like a conference championship playoff game level atmosphere. The excitement, everything that they had in the building uh, was phenomenal. I think, I mean, they're, the, the Pacers are doing their, their best to legitimize this in-season tournament right here. And I think most of that contributes uh, to the passion you see from the guys with uh, some of the smallest contracts in the league, a lot of them on, on minimum deals on this team, so that uh, 500k bonus for the players goes a long way. And uh, you can tell a lot of these guys really want to earn it. Uh, I know me and Vince were, were looking last night at, at their uh, payroll, table, their, yeah. yeah, the salary table and everything. And I mean, it, it's just ridiculous. Bruce Brown is their, their highest paid player. Um, so a, a lot of guys that uh, are, are really on amazing contracts for this team like they're just finding a great way uh to to get high-powered offensive players i mean just a, a interesting team this year scoring a lot of points uh not really doing the best on the defensive end of the floor but um it's it, more fun yeah it leads to some exciting basketball games and that's exactly what we got uh with that celtics versus uh Pacers matchup. Yeah, Nick, we were watching this game last mm-hmm. night, and the entire room went nuts when yeah, Halliburton made anything. that four-point play. Like, that felt like a playoff game, wouldn't you say? Right, yeah, the pride of Oshkosh, right? Terry <laughs> Silverton. But, yeah, I mean, it's also, I think, interesting, uh, you know, coming in, I wasn't a super huge, you know, fan of the in-season tournament format, but I think, I mean, how many times do you get to see the Pacers live on national TV, especially in a format like this? I think that was pretty impressive. I mean, seeing Halliburton go off is... It's always fun, but it's guys like that you don't get to see much, you know, in a normal season. Yeah, totally agree. Nick, have any laundry list thoughts at all on anything or? Uh, not much. Uh, other than I guess I'll say Jim Harbaugh. I'm gonna I'm gonna put the uh, put the omens out there. I want Jim Harbaugh at the Bears. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I, I saw think... the story today that Biennemi. I know, I know. It's been heating up a little bit. Um, I think Eberflus is done. There's there's no way he saves his job. I think he's done at the end of the year, but. Um, yeah, Harbaugh, there's a case, right? I mean, if he gets run out of the NCAA, so there's a possibility. And yeah. what what better opportunity with when you know you have your number one pick, another pick in the top ten, go back to your former team where you played, the NFL? It's match made in heaven. Yeah, you're you're a big Bears fan, right? I am. Yeah. I am. As a Packer fan, I'm not sure I speak for Alex here, but we are totally hoping that that does not happen. <laughs> yeah, didn't he get an extension? Does he want to uh, fulfill that? Uh, uh, with Michigan there, uh, NFL money. It's. I have a feeling the Bears would be willing to pay for a buyout. Yeah, on that yeah. I hope he loses uh, against Alabama in the first round of, of the playoffs, and it's has has a uh, drive to stay and kind of complete that mission of bringing them a championship. Um, and 
Yeah, just don't finished. go. Yeah, just don't go to Chicago at all costs, please. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, then moving on uh, to Packer Palooza. Here we'll uh, start off with some Packer grades as we have uh, continuously done throughout the season. Definitely did not take a break when they played poorly, <laughs> and definitely not bringing it back just because they played really well against the Chiefs. Well, I want to say for the record that I put down Packer Palooza as a joke. I didn't I think like I should read that phrase on I, the air. I kind of like it. Okay, <laughs> but glad you're a fan. Well. I guess you want to go ahead with this one? Yeah, I'll start off. Jordan Love, A+. Plus. That A-plus right there. <laughs> Just a perfect game from Jordan Love, A-plus. <laughs> uh, I mean, phenomenal, tough throws. Step, there was uh, no should-have-been interception plays from him on the game. Uh, just all-around dominant performance. Everything needed to see from him. Uh, just on an absolute tear right now. Coming off that Thanksgiving win off the Lions, and then take care to visit taking care of business against the Chiefs. Yeah, and this is a really good Chiefs defense. This is the best an offense has played against that. I think in terms of scoring, but also you look at how few drives the pad or the Packers had this game. It, impressive stuff. Uh, I'm not saying Jordan Love is going to be a, an all-time quarterback. I'm not saying he's going to be at a level of Rodgers or Favre. I'm just saying that was an Aaron Rodgers-esque game in terms of being decisive, moving around in the pocket, making plays on the run. Just a, it could not be more impressed. Uh, did you have a grade for Jordan Love? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I didn't give him an A-plus because it wasn't. he didn't have like six <laughs> touchdowns or anything. But being the Chiefs, I'll give you an A for that. Yeah, I'll give an A to Jordan Love, too. Um, I can tell this pains you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, as you, I'm, I'm kind of sweating on. over here right now. Now, um, <laughs> no, he's uh, I, I, I will say that, I mean, it, last night, I mean, not last night, last week was, was impressive. But, I mean, what's more impressive just to me is how in very few starts – he seems to have great anticipation when he throws, seems to be very aware of where, you know, the, the, when the pocket's collapsing, when to move out of the pocket. You know, he sees guys downfield uh, very well. I mean, we've seen him hit Christian Watson and Dobbs down the field pretty routinely. Oh, yeah. Um, although Watson, you know, has some hard times catching <laughs> the ball occasionally. But, um, no, they uh, – I mean, it was, it was a good week, good week for Love. I mean, the future, if he can keep putting their performances like that, then you start getting into the Rodgers comparisons and everything, but – um, I guess the jury's still out. Yeah, long, I, long season, long career. Yep. I think the jury's still out for his career, but I think you finally saw enough of like a, a pop in the last couple of games of like, okay, yes, like this guy has a, at least some star potential of like, if you you keep that rolling throughout a season, I mean, it would be hard not to at least have him in that like MVP sort of conversation. I mean, obviously that would have to be extrapolated over a very long period of time, but. Yeah, he can make promise. the Pro Bowl. There's promise, yeah. That, I'm, I'm so cheering for the Pro Bowl because I know that whoever quarterbacks in the playoff or uh, in the Super Bowl won't go, and then just going down the list, Goff will make it, Purdy will make it, Hurts will make it. I mean, he could squeak in there, could see him do all those silly dodgeball games. I just hope it doesn't turn into like one of those like Mac Jones. Like, yeah. He owes, <laughs> well, he was a Pro Bowl quarterback. and Trubisky. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yep. List goes on. Oh, Huntley was in it. Was yes, that, last that year? was so yeah. funny. Yeah, you know, Pro Bowl's a, I, It's funny that's like an actual meaningful thing on someone's legacy, uh-huh. and then there's that. But, you know, Alex, who's your second player here? Uh, my second player uh, was Christian Watson. Um, I also just got to put him in here because right before Thanksgiving, I was talking with my cousin. I was like, this guy, he stinks. He, he can't do anything. I, like, what happened to him? I thought he was going to be our wide receiver for the year, our number one, and it he just hasn't lived up to it, but then th- the last two weeks he's been on a tear, two touchdowns against the Chiefs. Uh, I gave him an A-. Uh, I also have Christian Watson. <laughs> I also gave him an A-. minus. 
uh, it wasn't earth-shattering stats. I mean, yeah, the two touchdowns were great. Uh, seven catches, 71 yards. I mean, that's kind of like an ordinary day for Devontae Adams. Maybe not the two touchdowns, but that catch in the back of the end zone had there was actually a noise complaint on me. Uh, I, I was so loud, which, which I'm proud of. Um, but just that was the definition of a moss. Got me so hyped. That was incredible. Yeah, I mean, you say that's like just a normal stat line for Devonte Adams. I mean, I think that's like that's that's pretty nice yeah, to have. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of I mean, seven catches, seventy yards. Uh, whatever. Devonte Adams does that in his sleep. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I would hope we would have a guy that could do that. I mean, that's a use like when he was on the Packers. That's best wide receiver in the league ca- category there you, go. If you could have a guy that that puts those numbers up i'll take that yeah oh gosh nick i'm sure you have a ton of fun <laughs> exciting positive things to say oh, about man. christian watson uh, yeah watson i mean oh for this I mean, is the grade for the last week or is the grade for the season this, okay. i want to hear week. both of them for yeah you. okay <laughs> so if it's for last week you can you can set it an a you know I mean, that's deserved the, the catch in the back of the end zone was was good um, and I mean, he he has all the physical traits, right? I mean, that's not in question. He's very fast, very big, physical guy. But I think when you're grading him for the entire season, <laughs> I I don't. I'm not sure you can go higher than higher than B minus. That's higher even than yeah. C. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be generous over here, but I mean, the 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 hands I think are the bigger issue. Is him routinely catching contested catches? You know, just being able to contribute I and mean, that's what you do as a receiver after all is catch the ball so i yeah. think this is one of our best segments of having people who don't cheer for the packers and mm-hmm. if anything cheer against the packers come and, and tell us how great we play yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, i think we might have some here but yeah, to your yeah point, this was the wrong week of this. i don't know why you invited me yeah. this was a trap <laughs> but i mean to, to your point there's certainly been times where he does just doesn't cut very fast i remember against mm-hmm. the raiders he had a deep bomb then like trying to make catches in between the hashes it just kind of looked ugly still a only like a 53% catch percentage, but yeah. that's why I made it so encouraging when he mossed <laughs> that guy. In the but, well, who's your final? Uh, my final one, A.J. Dillon, another guy that we've been struggling to see uh, production from. I had him at a B plus, solid uh, yards per carry, not quite uh, what you, you'd want from your, your starting running back. Obviously, Aaron Jones out for the game. So um, I, I think he stepped up and, and did what he needed to do this week. Again, hoping you can keep that trend going uh, in, in the weeks to come. Yeah, this is the kind of play that we were hoping we'd see this year, where, yes, only 4.1 yards per carry. I think it was 73 yards, but he didn't go backwards. It was just almost exactly four yards every single play. So you get four yards every time you get the ball, you're going to score a lot of points in this league. Uh, I went with Joe Barry for my grade. Uh, I Look, we have a hate-hate relationship with Joe Barry as Packer fans, but credit where it's due defending super bowl champs home to 19 points very timely defense in the red zone uh you still let isaiah or isaac pacheco score or go over 100 yards on six and a half yards per carry but i gotta tip my cap and say joe barry you earn yourself an a minus on this one i agree i mean the pacheco is hard to hold you like hold that against him the way that dude runs is just like I think the only way to stop him is to like give him a bed, a Benadryl or something before the game. Like, you have, like he is just so juiced up and angry when he's running. It, that, that's a hard guy to stop. And, and about thoughts on any of the players God. or coaches? I, I know you're just having the time of your life right I now. I am just thrilled over here, man. Uh, I'm going to go with a deep cut, actually. Um, as a guy who likes watching offensive linemen play football, I'm going to go with John Runyon. 
right guard, <laughs> Michigan product, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, at right. least his, his dad, I believe, was. But um, I mean, the dude's been a turnstile uh, for most of the year. I mean, that's like to say it say it lightly. I mean, I think he's gonna have two or three sacks on the year. Um, I was just reading actually um, that he's seventh in penalties. Uh, at his position in the NFL, which is actually why I started to watch him play. Of course. Uh, it was because I'm like, this guy's getting holding calls, you know, pretty much every other play. But, um, no, I mean, there are there are issues with the offensive line, right, um, that, that need to be addressed. Overall, it's been good this year, I would say, or at least better than I think people thought. But um, I think the interior line is definitely a, a, a position group that they're going to have to go after in the draft, and I think Runyon might be on that chopping block. Ed, I mean, you sound like uh, you, you like him a lot. You know a lot yeah, about him. Yeah, you, yeah. Maybe we could send him over to the Bears. Yeah, maybe, right? <laughs> actually, you guys gave us Lucas Patrick, so we don't want any more of your, uh, your guards or centers. Oh, you, I mean, Luke Getsy's been working out pretty well for you guys. Yeah, actually, uh, I, yeah, and St. Brown and uh, yep. yeah, yep. what goes Rungan, on, right? You can have him for free. <laughs> yep. He was actually getting subbed out during yeah. that game yesterday, but... Yeah, not a great showing. Uh, Grade-wise, maybe a D, I don't know. It's It's been a rough one, but... I yeah. feel like this is the like those are the hardest positions to draft in the NFL where like you either get just the runaway guy at the top of the draft and then everyone else is like it, it, it's hard to see it panning out. I mean it's I feel like it's pretty rare that you just find like some random guard that's like who is this 7 foot like 300 pound guy like how did nobody know about him? It's yeah. like you kind of know what you're going to get going into the draft and you either get the guy or you don't. Yeah, it's a tough yeah. one. I know. I wish I could remember the context, but there was like an Aaron Rodgers clip where he just started saying some like totally wild stuff. I'm not sure what platform it was on, but he was like going all out talking about like religion. Aaron Rodgers, no. Yeah, <laughs> and I remember like there was a caption underneath of it, and someone just said, "This is what John Runyon blocking for you does to a guy." <laughs> but excited for the win, nonetheless. And I want to get your guys' opinion real quick. What do you think about the pass interference penalty? Because it was very bad, and they're saying that, well, yeah, but it wasn't a call on Patrick Mahomes, and there was a couple clock malfunctions from the refs, but do you think that it equaled out, or do you think the Packers really got gifted in this one? Well, I think the the, the pass interference on Velda Scantling, the <laughs> game changer. I mean, like, you can make the debate, right, over the Mahomes sideline, you know, late hit. I think that was a bad call. Um, not, a, not a horrible call. I mean, you're at the line, but still a bad one. But the the... the the one to to MVS really, I think, changed the whole game. I mean, he would have been at the what twenty five thirty inside. I mean, it, was it was very like a ten or the five. I mean, that completely flips the entire game at that point. Um, I just yeah, that's you got to make those calls. Yeah, I agree. I do feel like we were kind of saved in that uh, situation, and then again on like the the hail mary, another pushing. That one's a little less. I mean, that that kind of just is what happens on a hail mary. But I, I, when you leave your feet and you're reaching over the guy's back, I think it's hard to, to miss yeah. that call. But I'll take it. I mean, I'm fine with it. It, it worked out in our favor. So, I mean, I, I think that those are one of those things that, like, it, it comes and it goes where, like, it, it sometimes, like it's kind of like uh, a little bit of karma or, like, turnover luck or some, one of these things that it's going to go against you, but then it's also going to go in your favor eventually. And I think the Chiefs historically have had it go in their favor more times than not. So I'll, I'll take this one against them. <laughs> yeah, my grandpa was a longtime ref for high school sports, and he'd say that uh, when they know that they botch a call, they try and make a do a makeup call for the other team. 
I mean, that would be quite the makeup call if you don't call that <laughs> yeah, PI, that, though, because that, that was, seemed, like, 50 yards. Right. Yeah. Do you think he's going to get, like, what, like 150 yards next week of just pass interference calls? Like, you <laughs> anytime yeah. you t- touch a Chiefs wide receiver. Could have zero catch for zero <laughs> yards, but going to rack up, like, 400 penalty yards. I do think an underrated call they made, though, towards the end was the MVS. I think it was MVS on this one, too, where they called him out of bounds. Yeah. <laughs> that was rough. I mean, my God. That was, he's, he's a good, like, like three, four steps from the line, like from the sideline, before he starts getting wrapped up. And they just keep letting him go. And eventually, you will call him out of bounds, but... Yeah. Insane. yeah, the big one was that if you're going backwards out of bounds, it's the clock's supposed to keep running. Oh, right. He was yeah. definitely backwards. Yeah, but a tackle started well in bounds too, yeah. Yeah, and then the other one was um uh when they they called they reviewed the uh the, the Isaac Pacheco bunch. Mm, yeah. <laughs> There's supposed to be a ten second runoff after, but there just wasn't. So totally. that's probably like I mean, between having to go no huddle from the Marcos Valescali and then ten seconds, maybe like twenty seconds off the clock, but still you don't twenty seconds of play enough time from the five yard line. <laughs> right. You get that call. Right. Oh gosh. Well you wanna jump into our final segment here? Well, or yeah. do you want to keep it at Packers? Uh no, we we can jump into the last okay. segment here. Um so we have just more uh college football talk here, um, uh, kinda going through and giving our predictions for who's gonna win in the playoffs and uh, if you have any other bowl games or anything you want to talk about, we can throw that out there as well, Nick. You want to take it game by game here? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll start off the, the one against the four, uh, Alabama against Michigan. Um, I'm going Alabama in this. I think they upset them. I, I think they have what it takes. I, I'm trusting what the committee believes in the <laughs> SEC <laughs> just being the most dominant league. I'm, I'm taking that. Now you're just trolling. I'm, I am a little bit, but I, I, I do think Alabama wins this game. Yeah, and you can see the kind of face I made when you said that because I also have Alabama <laughs> winning this game. I think that you give Alabama that much time with Nick Saban as your coach, J.J. McCarthy is going to be in for it. And they, they're the four seed. How often do you get Alabama thinking they're the underdog in a game? Almost never. Uh, I think at the very least they win this game. I do. Ha- I like them to win the entire thing. I'll, I'll tease that as well. We're going to have the exact same for <laughs> yeah, I think so. Just know it. Nick, what are you going for that game? Yeah, I'll take Bama too. I just... <laughs> I so McCarthy right I I just think he's going to struggle like you said with Saban having a whole all that time to prepare I, I'm not you know sold on JJ McCarthy necessarily and I think that he could he could be a downfall um, in this game I, 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 Alabama I take him all right the the Washington Texas game. Vince, I'll, I'll let you yep. take this one. I got Texas. <laughs> oh, all right. Oh, you have I, Washington. I have Washington. So oh, I, wow. We can make a game out of this yes, then. This is, okay. this is where it's important here. I, I'm taking Washington. I think the, the quarterback is going to make the biggest difference. Uh, Michael Penix Jr., I think it is a legitimate guy. I, 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 I trust him more, and I think the, the Pac-12 was a little more difficult to win than the Big 12, so I'm going to trust the team coming out of that conference more. Okay, yeah, I, I respect it. Uh, I, you know, people have constantly been saying that Washington is not as good, and yet they're undefeated. They're almost like uh, the uh, the diet version of FSU, where despite their wins, they've had some squeakers, some tough ones. I think that they're finally going to get exposed here against Texas, although people have been saying that this entire season. It hasn't happened yet. So I'm going with Texas. I think they're going to win convincingly, but um, feel free to mock me if I'm wrong, which I very well could be. No, I'm going to go with Washington in this one. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go easy, though. Easy on you, but uh, I think it'll be tight. Um, I, I Texas is a good football team. Um, I, I obviously don't think they should have been in the top four. We, we litigated that as much <laughs> um, in the open, but 
yeah, I just Washington's a is a good team. Penix Jr. is you know a super athlete, and I think if if left to just you know him against Texas, I think he'd take him on by himself, frankly. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna go with Washington. I see. I kind of want Texas just for the narrative of like, I mean, how big football is in the state and how long it's been since they've had like a, a true contender uh, within their program. I think it would be huge to have Texas win and just have that narrative. But then immediately, I would turn on them and and have to. It'd be like my Cowboys hate of just yep. immediately, and, and then it would be. Uh, actually valid a little bit i mean the cowboys haven't won anything and i still hate them more than anyone but um yeah i'm i'm, I'm going washington that game yeah it would be so funny though because texas would win be a really feel good story steve sarkeesian almost getting fired and now he's leading the team to the championship and then contrasting it to him just immediately hating him afterwards <laughs> we'll jump to the uh, championship game real quick here so in your hypothetical bama v washington i have a feeling i know who you're going to choose yeah I'm, I'm definitely taking bama yeah. on that one yeah I, I feel sick to my stomach i think uh bama versus texas again would be a really great game from a narrative perspective essentially since bama was saying after they thought they weren't going to make the, the playoffs the whole like oh so i guess we just will schedule cream puffs every single game and then that way we can squeak in but they want to backfriend for both georgia uh, and that's the reason why they got in over them. So I guess they're proving it wise, but they got a chance at revenge here. And I think the, as much as it pains me to say it, I mean, the, the pedigree's there. Nick Saban wins again another championship. Yeah, hard to bet against Saban, right? There's not much. I mean, when, you, when you bet against Alabama, I think you're kind of asking for it. So, yeah, take Alabama. My hypothetical yep. Alabama-Washington Man, matchup. It's so sad that I've I spent 15, 20 minutes talking about how silly does that Bama made. I know, right? And now all three of us picked them <laughs> to win the championship. Well, See, I think you have to have one team from the SEC in there. If it was Georgia instead, I would have picked Georgia. Um, it was just whichever one of those two was going in was immediately uh, my opinion. I think they have the easiest path. I mean, the other teams, every team's flawed, but I just trust the consistency and the way that those programs have built and trended over the last few years to kind of help them in this game. Yeah, I mean, you talk about experience. I'm not saying that they will, they will definitely win because of experience. I'm just saying that I think it's a factor that pushes it over the edge. Yeah, I mean, even if you're just on the sideline watching these games, like being there to understand what the atmosphere is like and all these sorts of things, I think that is a huge difference maker, uh, especially in for most of these players their first time experience an atmosphere like that um and i mean it's, it, it's probably some of their biggest games of their lives yeah so i mean i can't wait to watch it all uh unfold but alabama's my pick yep. vince you as well yes or? yeah bama yep. but real quick two minutes left who are we all cheering for to take this thing We're like cheering for like not necessarily yeah like think we'll if we could choose win. who'd win I think I would go Texas and then immediately turn on them, but <laughs> <laughs> got this but whole yes. thing planned out. What do you like, uh, Sherlock Holmes, like Robert Downey Jr.? Like a little bit. One of my friends is like he's from Texas. He's a huge Texas fan, and like hearing the way he talks about their football program, I think it would be a huge thing for them. But I also know that he'd immediately turn into one of the most annoying people in the world, and I don't want to <laughs> listen to him brag about them having a championship Texas for the next twelve months. Wins game. I hate Texas. <laughs> I'll go Washington. That'd be really fun to see. And finally, Nick, close yeah. it out for us. No, here. I want Washington. Poetic finish. The Pac-12. I'm going in oh, for the Huskies. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for us today here. Nick, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, have a nice night. Oh, the bumper. The bumper. Play the bumper. Don't turn the volume up. Wait. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> Ta-da-da.